Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Good evening, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome, welcome. We are here live today, Monday evening. We do this thing called Game Face. If you are trying to figure out which braid pattern to put in on your skull so that you will be in fashion, you are on the wrong podcast. If you are trying to get 10 clowns in that small little funny car for the circus, you are on the wrong podcast. However, if you are trying to get an understanding on Bay Area sports, you put your game face on. If you're trying to get an inside in-depth look into national sports, you just put your game face on. I am Richard DeRaisa Ewing. I'm with my, my co-host, Mike DeSue Schumann. Mike, what do we got? Well, I got an old friend uh, joining us today and a teammate back in the 80s, uh, Mike Wilson, born 1958, Los Angeles, 6'3", 215, and was a wide receiver back in the day, was big. Went to Carson High School, Washington State. He was selected by the Cowboys in the ninth round in 1981. I'd forgotten. He went to training camp with them. And then the Niners picked him up, and they released him at the end of training camp. Played 10 years for the Niners. One of five players that have four Super Bowl rings in the 80s. And we'll name those players. Went on to coach at Stanford, the Raiders, USC, Arizona Cardinals, Cleveland Browns, and last year with the Wildcats of the XFL. Like I mentioned, four-time Super Bowl champion. Won a Super Bowl as a rookie, you know. I hate you even more, Mike. And uh, <laughs> and then Washington State, I, that's what I'm going to start you with. How would the L.A. kid want to end up in Pullman, Washington, in the middle of nowhere? Hey, let's let's go back in time and, and remember that in the, in the late 70s, every team in the Pac-8 back then was running the, the veer. That's true. Off left, handing off right, and there was a – Quarterback by the name of Jack Thompson, who led the nation. Was he, was uh, he the throwing Samoan? Throwing Samoan and up being the first. Right, game. right. I remember him. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, and a quick story, if I got a minute. I, I when I was at Carson High School, Gene Bonegal, one of the winningest coaches in California history. Uh, he was a veer running team, also, man. And, and I caught twenty six passes my senior year for thirteen touchdowns. So wow. they showed me on third down, and. Everybody's waiting for a pass, third and 10, third and 12, and they throw up, I jump up and get it. So Randy Moss, you know, I was, I was going up and catch them back then. But it was, uh, and so when I had a chance to pick a school, I mean, UCLA was the oldest Brown, you know, USC, Charles White. Mm-hmm. All, Chuck Muncie was at Cal. Right. There was, I couldn't get into Stanford. But uh, hey, Washington State was a, a good school. And I was All-American in, in basketball coming out of high school. All right. George Ravlin, you know, in the world of recruiting back then, there wasn't too many two sports guys. And he's like, hey, come on, you come, you can come out for the team. And I ended up playing as a freshman and starting as a sophomore and gave up basketball. But uh, that's one of the reasons why. But I, I like the opportunity to catch more balls. 
uh, and I went to Washington State. All right, and your biggest game in the NFL, if I recall, 83 NFC title game. You had eight catches, two touchdowns, and a losing effort. And, uh, and like I say, a couple sports star. We'll get to our relationship in a second. Real quick, though, last week, hate to say it, I picked against the Raiders and the Niners. So, uh, and we're not at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. From game spreads and totals to team, player, coaching, props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. There's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today. Take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And I'm sure you could get another bet now in the NBA Finals after uh-huh. Jimmy Butler went off the other night to make it 2-1. Uh, you a Laker fan or Clippers hey, fan? Hey, hey, you, you just brought up, hey, I used to be a Laker boy when I was growing up in Inglewood, California. Okay. And that was back way back in the day. But I've always been a Laker fan. Uh, when I was coaching with the Cleveland Browns, LeBron James was there. And so I'm a big LeBron James fan. I've always been a Laker fan. Mm. And uh, they gave one away last night, but I think they just wanted to – for me, it's another game to watch. So it's, uh, it should be good to watch tomorrow night and see how they come out because, I, I, you know, I'm a firm believer in – and, Mike, you know this – you know, winning championships is – you know, you got to bring your A game on the, on the big day. Mm. Now let me ask you something, Mike, because, you know, I, I've – you know, been a Niner fan, and I don't know if I've even told Mike, but um, I've been a Niner fan since the days of Gene Washington. I go back that far. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. So, so, um, and I remember watching you. I even remember watching Shu when he played. But, yeah. you know, Shu goes on and on. He talks about, you know, how good he was. <laughs> okay. now, now, let me ask you now, was, was Shu as good as he says he is? I mean, uh, Shu, Shu was the man. I mean, I, to be oh, honest. Oh, really? Okay, wait a minute. Okay. I've always, and I know you don't mean but Shu, you know that you taught me the ropes now. I mean, when I came in, I was a rookie, and uh, it was it was Shu. Really, Shu talked to me probably more than Freddie Solomon and Dwight Clark. So, mm. very, and that's not how veterans are in today's game. You know, back then, you know, you brought a rookie in, and, and you, you helped them, even though they might be in a position to take your job at one time, but that was just the culture that the Niners provided. Uh, and uh, so I appreciated Shu. And, uh, you know, all of that, and you left and went to Tampa, am I correct? Well, they tried to sneak me through waivers, remember? Yeah, and, uh, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. And on Thursday, Tampa Bay claimed me. We played them on Sunday. Uh-huh. And they kept me the rest of the year, and then I asked to be traded back. Mike came from Dallas as a rookie, and Matt, Matt Boza from Cal had uh, made the team build and feel confident with two rookies as their third and fourth guy. So he brought me back from Tampa. He cut Matt Boza, who went on to the Colts. And every time mm-hmm. I see Matt, he says, how's my Super Bowl ring? Uh-huh. So, uh, so, yeah, but Mike uh, was unusual at the time for his size. You know, he's about 6'4", 215. Dwight was the same thing. Bill loved that big X receiver to move the chains. And he liked that speed. He had Chip Myers at Cincinnati, who was 6'5", about 220 at X. And uh, got Isaac. I can't remember his last name. Isaac Curtis. So he liked that combination. I, I think him. he saw that in Mike when he brought him in. And uh, when Mike and Dwight came in, I thought they were both tight ends. Uh-huh. <laughs> 6'3", 220, 215, 220. Back then, that was a tight end, you know. So, uh, but anyway, a great career. And let me ask you, you know, there's nothing like the first time. Your rookie year, you're just kind of running around. There's nothing like the first time you do anything. And we won that first Super Bowl. Yeah. But that 84 team was probably the best all-around team of all those four Super Bowl teams. 
-hmm. then back to back in 89 and 90. Did one or the other of those Super Bowls mean more to you? I know they're all separate, but did yeah. one mean more? You know, I think, you know, as I reflect and, and go back in the day, I mean, the first Super Bowl was amazing. You know, first of all, for me to even make an NFL team after Dallas broke my heart and cut me. Yeah. Luckily, uh, you know, Mike knows these names. These are names from the past. I mean, Billy Wilson called me. Uh, Sam Weiss and, and Bill worked me out on the field. Coach, and, and I was flying in, on a round-trip ticket that day. I think they were just getting a roster set if they had to bring somebody else in. And uh, had a great, in my opinion, one of my best workouts and one-on-ones. Uh, and I sat in that locker room for five hours waiting for them to make a decision. And they cut uh, Spider Gaines. Was Spider Gaines? And Matt, Matt Boozer was there also. Uh, and uh, who was the, James Owens? Was that James Owens? James, and he got traded to Tampa. He got traded that somewhere in that in that whole process. But for me, uh, here I am. I came to the Niners, and there's Freddie Solomon and Dwight Clark, both of them rest in peace. And there's, there's Shuey. Wow. So we we went out and handled our business. But for me, it was it was uh, you know definitely a different formation, different style of playing because I'd never lined up as a tight end, and and, and Bill had uh, Tiger personnel, which was two tights and. You put an X in there and, and you line up and shoot, you got the matchup on the linebacker. So, uh, hey, I picked up that offense real quick and tried to, you know, stay gainfully employed as long as I could. Well, when I think about it, you, Ronnie, Eric, and Carlton, all rookies, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I came in with a, with a, with a rookie class of uh, probably the most number of rookies that had, you know, uh, made a, a roster, but. Uh, and won a Super Bowl their first year. Who would ever thought, you know, we, uh, you know, we played Dallas in the regular season, we beat them. In that NFC Championship came game, and we all know about the catch, but uh, it was a great, great year. And to answer your question, I mean, the first one could never be replaced, except for in Detroit. No, no. I know, that was the only thing. Detroit, you know, ice on the ground. I mean, literally, we stayed in the hotel and, and played Pac-Man back then. That was <laughs> Well, we got to be realistic. When it comes to Detroit, there's not much to do there. So <laughs> That's true. That was true. That time but hey, it was, it, was, it was a great experience. And, and oh, I, yeah. I know Mike could tell you the same thing. I mean, that was, I mean, the whole city was was engaged and, and it was a totally unexpected. And uh, we went out and handled our business. That was, that was a fun experience. And the next year we struggled, but then in the next, after that, we got on the roll. Okay, we just saw, you know, really, you know, a, a game that we can literally just pick apart as far as, you know, what went wrong, what someone should have did, you know, uh, the decision-making on coaching, you know, concerning, you know, the Niners and the Eagles. And one of the things I've had to listen to just like over the last week, which really drove me nuts, is because, you know, Mullen had this great game the week before, it's like all of a sudden, oh, well, you know what? You know, Mullen's got a chance to take Garoppolo's down. I'm like, are you, are you people what? It's, it's, like, it's like at some point you look at people and go, okay, look, just because marijuana is legal doesn't mean you have to smoke it, all right? I mean, some of these, there's an you know, analogy. You know, what I'm yeah. saying? some of these people with these thoughts. I mean, come on. And and this is the thing. You know, may, maybe it's because I'm just old school and I see things differently based on from from when I watched you play and shoe and the way things were done when coaches acclimated certain people or certain uh, uh, players into certain positions. Do you see that kind of whole formulation changing now based on what's going on? Or do you think it's something that coaches are still holding on to because they can see really the benefit of it? 
for me, I, I just know that, uh, you know, a system's a system. And, and in today's football, even uh-huh. in shoe play, I mean, you know, the starting guy got most of the reps. And, uh, but, you know, I was fortunate in my playing time, there was Joe and Joe and Joe and Steve was sitting on the bench for a couple of years. And that's, that's rare. In uh, today's game, because of free agency and, and constant movement of players, uh, you know, I'm not that familiar with once you got past Jimmy G, who the next guy up was going to be. And uh, I think he can step in and, and, and do things. And, and if he played well in the first game when, he, when, when Jimmy got hurt, hey, a team's got a week to prepare for you. And that's the one thing. And the, the beauty of, that, of football, professional football, is defensive coaches are smart, man. They'll come and, and figure out some stuff. And, and that chemistry that happened kind of spontaneity on that game, you, you, you have to come in and replace. It isn't always there the second game. So, uh, you know, it was a surprise for me to see the Niners lose last night. Uh, you know, the one thing the Niners historically have pride themselves on being consistent and a next man up, you go out and ball and you, you find a way to win. And uh, last night was, uh, you know, very humbling experience for him. I think they were looking ahead to the Miami Dolphins and overlooked the Eagles. Um, <laughs> Mullins had a 26.9 quarterback rating, the lowest in the season this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had three turnovers, a pick six, an interception and a fumble led to 17 points. And Kittle comes back, catches 15 passes, 183 yards, and a touchdown. But he dropped the two-point conversion. Had he not dropped that, they could have kicked a field goal in that last drive, tied the game, and gone to overtime. So the one we wanted him to catch, (laughs) he dropped. So what's your thoughts on Kittle? You've seen him play. You know, first of all, you know, I – I thought about it and Kittle wearing that number 85 going, going way back. Your number, right. Vernon Davis, Greg Clark. Right. There's been some good guys who, who had that number and, uh, but um, amazing. Uh, you know, I mean, that guy's worth the price of admission. You know, I watch him play and he came out of nowhere. And then all of a sudden he has been very consistent teams are preparing for him and he still comes out and, and brings his a game. And it's, it's, it's pretty phenomenal that, and I remember this as a player myself. You can catch 15 balls for X amount of yards, and everybody talks about the one drop you had. Yeah. My biggest pet peeve as a, you know, play a game, catch four or five or six balls and have a touchdown. And my brother, hey, man, what happened on that one you drop? You know, so that was unfortunate. It happens. Edelman tonight in the other game on for, for New England dropped a couple of balls, which is really uncharacteristic of him. But I think the guy is, you know, definitely as long as he can stay healthy, uh, is definitely, you know, you don't want to, say it too soon but you know he's, he's definitely got the ability to be a hall of famer and be one of the greatest to play the game and and uh i love his i love his his uh, run after the catch i mean you don't see that as much with tight ends but he's the guy who you know hey he catches it and you, you then you, you wake up and look at him so uh, i think he's amazing and i was glad to see the niners sign him and he'll be a 49er for a long time yeah so i i basically do this uh every week mike we've had uh a uh, few uh, former players of the Niners, and also we've had a couple of guys who just played for the Giants on. But uh, Shu kind of started me with this question where, you know, I ask everybody is on this one question where uh, I ask you and I say, okay, you've been played, you played for 10 seasons. Obviously, you've seen different, you know, defensive backs, linebackers, what have you, that you had to face. But out of your career, what was that one person that just got underneath your skin. Every time you met, you knew, okay, look, this guy's yeah. gonna be a barrel to deal with. Yeah, well, you know, to be honest with you, uh, you know, we had so much pride and, and, and preparation and detail to our offense that, you know, 
I really didn't experience much versus a, a, another team's defensive back. I tell you, practice all day against uh, Eric Wright. Eric was probably one of the best corners. Yeah. At the line, and 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 you think you got him, and all of a sudden when the ball comes there, there he he bats it down. Uh, you know, was, you know, respect for both of them, Ronnie and, and Eric. Ronnie Lott and Eric Wright were starting at the same time, but Eric was, you know, a tough guy. He was a little bit thinner, so I could beat him at the line, but he'd always recover. But fortunately, you know, Eric did the same thing on on game day against the other opponents. So mm -hmm. I will say this, you know, I, you know, we played against some great corners in our day. Uh, and I look forward to the challenge and competing with them. And I feel that's why we had such a winning tradition with the Niners. We never were, you know, okay, a guy, Daryl Green was very good, but, you know, we, we came out and handled our business, and especially between Montana and, and the receiving corps. All right. Uh, Mullins played so bad, they brought in C.J. Beathard, who's been buried. You know, just a lot of people thought he should have been cut years ago. He looked mm -hmm. like Joe Montana in oh, that sure. drive that took him down to score, just slinging it. I think it was five from five. And then took him down basically for that Hail Mary that but that ball floated up there for a while. So if Jimmy G can't go, we'll know probably Wednesday, Thursday this week against the Dolphins. Who do you start? You're a former coach. Do you go with Mullins who struggled one game, or do you try this other kid out? You know, I will say this. I know right now as a staff, coaches are, are they have their opinion. Right. Uh, and so I, that comes back to the, to the to the head coach and the quarterback coach. I mean, I think they have their mind. I, it's rare that you go in and it's okay. Let's watch them practice and let's make a decision. But I'm not I'm not in that locker room or in that meeting room. So, uh, but based on what we saw last night, you know, you, you, with with the lack of experience that both young men have, that you probably would go with the guy who had success in the last game. So, uh, time will tell. And uh, I'll be watching, but uh, you know, it's, it's the Niners after going to, you know, they 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 need to put some games together. And who they got this week? Is they in Seattle? No, they got Miami. Oh, oh they're in Miami down going to Miami. Oh, what, what a flight! No, no, it's here. It's here. It's at. Well, they come to us. Okay. And yeah, uh, so. normally I come to a game, but I see them. You know, we no, I know this year. We, that's normally when <laughs> I see you mostly. All right, those two young receivers, Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk. Ayuk uh, had the uh, hurdle for the touchdown, and Mike and I were talking. <laughs> Takes one time to get hit like that in the wrong place, and you'll never leave the ground like that again. <laughs> he got away with it. And I think they both have great upside, good young receivers. Yeah. And Shanahan uses his receivers because they only kept four back when we played. Now they keep seven. Yeah. But they use oh, wow. them in motion, jet sweeps. It's more of a weapon than a pure wide receiver. So – What's your thoughts on these two? I know uh, you haven't seen a ton of them, but uh, good young receivers to look forward to, I think. Yeah, uh, Yuka is uh, amazing. I mean, you know, I, you look at the league, around the league, and not to go beyond the 49ers, but, man, there's an influx of, of young talent. Yeah. And bringing their A game, making plays. And then you and, and then you look at the, you know, A.J. Greens and the Julio Jones, and, and you see those guys, I, I hate to say it, kind of passing the torch because these young boys are, are, are really – playing well and uh so uh samuel last year i thought was amazing and i know he's coming off injuries and now he's playing back in the, in the loop and made a few plays last night but uh those two young guys i mean you, you got to build the team around something and, and and as long as you got the playmaking ability and the quarterback to get you the ball uh the sky's the limits obviously we saw tonight uh tyreek hill with kansas city uh you know i think he is believing tonight at one time you know, people wouldn't probably would pass on him because of his size and stature. Right. Oh, sure, everybody's looking for a guy like him because he is probably one of the number one receivers in the league right now. 
uh, in playmaking ability and, and tough. And, you know, he's had a few injuries, but, uh, but I, li- I like the young talent. I think it's just a matter of uh, the Niners getting back to their offensive game plan, allowing, you know, with the jet sweep and a lot of the bubble screens and a lot of the crossing routes. I mean, it's really a matter of O-line giving that quarterback time to throw the ball, which is key. And uh, you can have explosive plays down the field. So one of the things that I noticed, and Mike and I were talking about it earlier, is that it just seems with San Francisco, one of the things that is a deficiency for them right now is that when they're, you know, in the middle of a game and they have a situation where there is a concern, okay, that they don't make adjustments, okay, Mm. in games, okay. Uh, We saw this again this week. It's like they came out in the second half. I didn't see a lot of adjustments from the secondary on defense. I kind of feel like Robert Sala just let the game plan continue, even Mm -hmm. though there there should have been some concern because of the way, you know, uh, Philadelphia came down and scored. The fact they were able to put together a two-point conversion and they really didn't have an answer to stop it. Do you think that's something that they should probably look at? You know, you know, in respect of, of, of the coaching, you know, itself, it's, it's tough to, you know, second guess and question. That's, that's, that's always easy to do. Uh, you know, I've coached with five NFL teams, so I know how it is. Uh, you would think, um, you know, first and foremost, with a lot of quarterbacks in this league, is he a mobile quarterback? Can he move and run? And how do you uh, take away their strengths? And that was the one thing that uh, I saw, what's his name last night, the Phillies quarterback still running around and, and really making plays with his legs. And uh, with that being said, uh, you know, I, I didn't see, uh, you know, the extra pressure or a lot of blitzing going on that normally will, you know, a quarterback who's not mobile. I mean, we like you see, you know, two last Monday night when you saw Jackson and and uh, our guy from Kansas City. I mean, whoa, you know, that, that's a whole nother monster. But uh, you would think that, um, you know, once you lo- lock in on them and see what they're doing, what their game plan is, you could you could kind of tweak things and make things go. But uh, you know, you know, as a re- former Niner, I'm going to respect that they they have had success and and you know now they have to go and look at the tape this morning. And uh, hopefully uh, you learn from this game and be ready for uh, Miami coming in town this week. Well, just thinking about it, we, we went from you as a player to a coach. You know, you played for Bill Walsh and George Seifert, I think, towards the end. Yes. Right? And uh, so when you became a coach, you know, you had this uh, ultimate respect as a player for your head coach, you know, if he was a good one. How tough was that transition to be a four-time Super Bowl champion, to go in uh, like you were Cleveland, I know, for a while. Is it the same sort of thing as a coach? To you, if you have a lack of respect for your head coach, does that make uh-huh. it do your job? Well, we're no, not I, picking anybody's name. Right, right, no, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. And, and, and you know. Uh, but you know, you know what I mean? That segue. I, Bill Walsh called me and asked me to come coach with him at Stanford. So my first job of coaching. Oh, okay. Stanford, and uh, he had me coach wide receivers and tight ends. And uh, so – uh, he said, Mike, hey, I'm going to teach you everything. And uh, that first year, uh, Keena Turner was on that staff. Billy Ring was on that staff. Tom Homo was on the staff. Damn. Some young guys, and, and nobody thought Bill would come back. But when he called me, uh, I really hadn't planned on getting into coaching. But I, I could not say no to the, to the genius. And uh, so it was, it was a nice experience. And, uh, you know, at, that same year, George Seifert called me and, and honestly asked me to come and coach with the Niners the following year. Tom Homo left and went to the Niners. I stayed at Stanford with Bill. 
because I, I, and Mike, you got it. I mean, I, I wasn't very comfortable wanting to coach Jerry Rice and, and John Taylor. who are Yeah, after playing with them. Locker room. That was just a little different. Yeah. In hindsight, you know, I, I still am looking for the opportunity to go and work with the 49ers and, 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 and coach with them, but it hasn't happened. So, uh, but it was, it was, Bill made an easier transition. I left yeah. there with the Raiders. Now that is what conversation you want to have, Mike. I think you used to cover the Raiders back in the day. I did. I was covering when you were there. But, 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 um, because college players have to listen to you. Pros you know, Al Davis, Al Davis was, right, I mean, it was like, from going across the Bay, Al Davis was totally different. It was a wholly different system. And Mike White was the head coach. Uh, quickly from there, went to USC with, with John Robinson. Then went to, went to uh, Arizona with, with Dennis Green. So I was, luckily, I got exposed to coaching with Bill. And then once you get into it, it's all about, and my philosophy has always been about productivity with your players. And I had Tim Brown, I uh, had a, bunch of uh, R.J. Soward. I had a bunch of talented guys at SC and then went right. to Arizona and then got Fitzgerald and Bowden. Uh, and those two guys, you know, first two receivers in history to have over 100 catches and 1,400 yards each. So, you know, I had some success in my coaching. And then, of course, when I left Cleveland, I had Josh Gordon, who was you know, great talent, but we know the rest of history. Yeah, off-field issues. He stayed, he played the whole year. And the following was, and I left, we got fired, and then the rest is history. Coaching is, uh, you know, is definitely, uh, you know, it's a lot easier if you played and you had experience. So there's nothing that I couldn't prepare an athlete for that I hadn't experienced myself. I think what's also refreshing too, Mike, about you, you know, listening to you talking about, you know, the possibility of going over and coaching for the Niners, you know, because I always wonder about this, you know, you get guys that, you know, spend certain time, you know, as an athlete in, in certain, you know, professions, and, you know, whether it be soccer, baseball, basketball, whatever, and you don't see them for a while, and you kind of wonder, it's like, okay, what is this guy's, you know, competitive spirit like today? And just listening mm -hmm. to you, I can tell. Yours has not diminished. You you still, okay, you still, okay, you still believe, hey, if you got an opportunity, you could probably either assist or show somebody something that they've probably never seen before and can help them develop. And that, oh, yeah. that, that's, a, that's a fine quality in a coach. Um, you know, I, I and let me comment on that. I, I think, I think you know, and, and Mike has been through a lot of people who have coached him. You know, I've always had a philosophy of, you know, it's not me. It's about the athlete going on the field. And I've always gotten conversations where it's about the, the, the player's performance. The mm -hmm. speaks for the athlete and performance speaks for who's coached him. You know, there's a lot of eye coaches out there who wants to have as much publicity as him. And, and I think as a former player, that's unimportant to me. I mean, for me, it was right. just, of, you know, I had Bowden and Fitzgerald and Larry was as green as green. And so I said, okay, let me teach this guy how to develop. And he ended up going to the Pro Bowl his second year. That first year I had him, Bowden went to the Pro Bowl and they alternated. Uh, but it's really about teaching a guy, and Mike knows this, just, just stance and start and not just building uh, an aptitude that you, you are the smartest football player on the field. And I think as a 49er wide receivers, we knew uh, what the tight end running backs, what, what the play in the scheme was that allowed us to run a clear route and, and know why you're running it so that, you know, Jerry can catch the ball or, or Mike Schumann can catch the ball because I have to take the safety out of there. I mean, it's really, it's about aptitude and being the smart football player. And that's uh, what I see in some athletes that have all this potential and, and they just sometimes don't get it. And that's disappointing, but uh, hopefully, you know, guys can can make maximize their career and be the best player they can be. And uh, but when I see a guy go out there balling, 
consistently. You know, he's he's doing his homework, watching tape, and showing up to play. And uh, you know, I, I respect that. And hey, the game has changed now, Mike. We both have been out there watching practice. They don't. It's not the same. Guys are. I went to the Niners training camp last year, and it was a boy. It was like country club. And and every generation before us, as me and you, Mike, as players, they say that our captain was tougher. But you know, hey, these guys are. Uh, you know, they got to get in game shape and go out and play. And uh, we system with Bill Walsh where we didn't hit each other every day. And, and that was shunned upon him with all the other NFL teams. But, you know, in hindsight, New Orleans and New York and all those teams that were just pounding each other to death, they could have it. You know, hey, we, we were in our underwear and we came in and we're ready to go on Sunday. And that's all that matters. All right, quick coaching story. Mike was at USC and my news director at ABC son wanted to go to art film school there. But he also wanted to walk on the football team. Mike, I don't know if you remember this. His name was Dylan Weiss. Oh, yeah. And, uh, so Dylan tried out that day, and I was working with him, showing some things, this, that, and the other. So he, he's running a route for Mike, and Mike just stopped. Dylan told me, he says, where'd you learn that? <laughs> and, like, Mike had seen it before, and he goes, only one guy could have taught you that kind of thing. He goes, where'd you yeah. learn that? And Dylan was like, he didn't know what to say, you know. Right. What do I say? What do I say? Yeah, and he goes, and Mike said, again, where'd you learn that? And he goes, uh, Mike Schumann. And Mike, he still said, I knew it. You know, so I don't remember <laughs> what it was. But oh, yeah. he ended up making the team. And then late in the season, I called Mike. I said, can you put him in the game? And, throw him oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and sure enough, he did. Here I am watching on TV. So just a great thrill uh, as a former teammate of his to watch him as a coaching. And uh, Dylan has never forgotten it. And he says, hello. Yeah. Good, yeah. Good yeah, I remember that distinctly. I remember the game where we, you know, and back then, I see we were, we weren't on top of our game. Now that we were, we were competing. So when we had an opportunity to, to, you know, get on top of a team and have a chance to get some other players in, hey man, go in there and let's let's throw you a hitch or a slant, and you know, because right. he worked his butt off, you know. And all due respect, I mean, you can some of those some of those walk-ons and free agents, those guys really give it their all. And sometimes they're just not talented enough, but sometimes, hey, they just need an opportunity to, to play. All right, quickly, I just want to ask about, you know, Tennessee Titans, they had to, 19 people tested positive. Oh, shoot. Nine players. Tonight, uh, Kansas City's playing New England and Cam Newton, and from sources, Cam went down to Boston and had us at a restaurant <laughs> and ended up maybe picking it up down there. But because they only had him and a practice squad player, they get to play. Tennessee has nine players. They had to postpone their game till four or five weeks away. Yeah. This is going to start happening. Do you think, number one, the league should have tried to start? And number two, will they be able to finish? You know, I, so far it's been a, a good start. And obviously, you know, I'm, I'm a, we talked about it earlier. I'm a big Laker fan and I was, I was impressed with the NBA and how they handled the bubble. Yeah. And uh, I think that, uh, you know, the NFL is a little bit different. Obviously there's not a bubble and they're all in one spot, but, to me, once again, it becomes being a professional athlete, a guy taking ownership and his role on that team, especially with this pandemic out there right now, that he should literally have his own bubble, go to practice, go home, come back. I mean, to go and have dinner or to think you can go to a fundraiser like the, the Raiders did. Yeah. You know, somebody's got to, you know, say, hey, man, you know, my philosophy even in my life today is I can only get this if somebody gives it to me. Otherwise, I'm fine. And so I really try not to, you know, put myself in that situation. And I think as a pro athlete and for those who opted in, 
and that's part of the responsibility for those who opted out, they've opted out. But I think uh, I'm hoping that the NFL could, you know, have a successful season and end up, you know, going all the way to the Super Bowl. But time will tell. I mean, you're right. Once it hits, it can hit hit hard. And uh, but I'm hoping that the, the young men are, you know, doing their best to take care of themselves. And, you know, like I said, you know, it's a controlled environment. I'm sure the Niners are on lockdown and going to the stadium. And uh, so you just got to do your part. And, you know, once again, some kids are in school in different states. And so, I mean, there's a lot of things that can get you, but I hope that they're able to keep the season alive. And thank goodness, I, I enjoy the entertainment because there was a minute there, there was no sports on TV. I know. For me, you know, there's two on tonight and, you know, so I, I'm enjoying it. And hopefully these athletes, uh, you know, are, are doing what they do, what they love. And, 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 and you see the passion on the field. And for those who opted out, you don't even hear the names mentioned, uh, except New England have more players opt out than any other. However, uh, but, you know, so I, I wish them well. And, and, and hopefully the, the league can stay, you know, no, no major, you know, no major outbreaks and, and control it and continue to play. Well, Mike, um, first of all, I want to tell you, thank you very much for taking time with us today. Mike Wilson, four-time Super Bowl champion, and this is yet another episode of Game Face where we feature two Super Bowl champions in the same episode. Guys, this can't get any better than this. <laughs> so, Mike, it's a pleasure having you on today. Feel free to come back on. We'd love to have you back on with us. You have been watching and listening to Game Face on the Bleed Talent Network. I am Richard the Razor Ewing. I'm with my co-host, Michael Sue Schumann. And I'm with four-time Super Bowl champion Mike Wilson. Tune in next week for another episode, but if you do, you better have your game face on. Mm. Say hello to your lovely bride, Mike. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.